Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big, and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the founder of Create Tailwind and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and I'm very happy to announce that we have a great guest today, Pat Hyben. And Pat's going to tell us some of the great things he's got going on, which is is a ton of cool things that he's got going on to share with people about building wealth, etc. Welcome, Pat. Hey, thanks, Jim. Good to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, tell us a little bit about just your background or, you know, professionally and, and kind of how you got started, etc. So um, I started out as a real estate agent. And, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people ask me, did I always love houses? And is that why I got into real estate? And that's not it. It was a Quite frankly, I, I wasn't a great student. I got a 2.3 GPA, got a degree in sociology, couldn't really find a decent job in, uh, as a sociologist, um, and uh, went to the lowest barrier of entry, which was a real estate license at the time, and um, you know, began selling. I had a 25-year run as a real estate agent full-time. And uh, I was smart enough to invest uh, wisely with the earnings that I had. Uh, eventually became a full-time investor, got out of the real estate sales game. Um, I wrote a book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, in 2011. And I started a podcast uh, about four years ago, uh, Real Estate Rockstars. And from there, I, I helped create two companies, uh, Rebus University, which is online training for real estate agents and GoBundance, which is a mastermind for uh, men, mainly men. We got 180 men uh, who share wealth building strategies, invest in deals together and take epic adventures together and talk about uh, all things from family to money to contribution. That's awesome. And yet, you know, the go abundance thing, we talk a lot about abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset. Um, you know, Peter Diamandis, I mean, we, we, we talk a lot about that concept. Tell me a little bit more about go abundance. If somebody wants to learn more about it, I mean, what would they do or what would they expect from that program? Yeah, well, it's easy. You just go to goabundance.com and you can fill out an application. Minimum requirement is, you know, you got to be an accredited investor. You got to have a million dollars in net worth outside of your primary residence or, or, or make 250, 300 a year, something like that. Um, and, um, you know, we do have a women's division that just started. We have 18 women who are all hard charging women, but they, they meet separately. It's two separate things. We find people are more authentic with their own uh, sex and, um, and I believe that to be true. And so that's why we do it that way. Um, and, and, you know, uh, for the Go Abundance for Men, for instance, we just got back from Breckenridge, Colorado. Uh, we had 110 uh, guys there. We skied, played broom ball, played, um, went ice fishing, uh, rode cars on the ice, on the ice track, um, just things like that during the day. And then at night, we mastermind. We had, uh, you know, the guy, the three guys from Bigger Pockets. 
um, came on stage and uh, did a couple of live Bigger Pockets interviews uh, on stage. And then we had uh, Sean Stevenson, Rob Dial, some some you know you know YouTube famous or Facebook famous uh, uh, people that have written books that are are great speakers. We had uh, probably about twelve different speakers come and help train us to be better human beings. That's awesome. I mean, what a great program. Um, and uh, um, I hope some some people in the audience, they get a chance to go look at that. And maybe that's right up your alley. I was talking to a client of mine this morning. I asked him if he had ever heard of GoBundance and he said no. And I said, you know, you would be perfect for this. And, uh, and he's going to go check it out. He just seems to be right up that alley uh, in that, uh, right in that, that, that kind of, uh, adventure. He's really into health. He's really into making money and growing his wealth. Um, that's one of the things. And also introduce me via email and I'll answer any questions he has. Absolutely. I will. We'll do that right after the recording. You know, Pat, um, a lot of real estate agents never ever become real estate investors, right? I mean, why do you think that is? Yeah, you know, it's it's very interesting. They're almost false prophets in a degree. You know what I mean? I mean, I within the first three years of being a real estate agent, I had bought a house and rented out the basement. And then within the first five years, I bought my first rental property. And I think it's because it's not because they don't believe in it. It's because real estate agents have a cash flow issue. They have cash flow, right? They have commissions coming in. And when, once they get started, it's easy to continuing the commissions to come in. What's hard is um, living below your means enough and not expanding so much, you know, right. and, and uh, saving money and then investing that money. And that's, that's the thing. You know, there used to be, um, you know, my career was all throughout Maryland and there used to be a magazine called the Baltimore Business Journal. And I loved the magazine because in the back of it, it had all the tax debt, all the Maryland state tax. Like if you didn't pay your property tax or you didn't pay your state tax, right? right. Income, they put your name in the back. And I used to have fun just going through the list circling real estate agents and 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 i'll be like oh i know that guy or i've done three transactions with him and a lot of these were like really big agents like you'd see them in the newspaper like agent of the month you know the best agent at companies and they just had so much financial problems and, and and that's the reason you know i really think that that is the reason why agents don't invest is because they they don't save up enough money for a damn down payment right you know, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, a lot of people, you know, if you go back to the, you know, a book like The Richest Man in Babylon, The Richest Man in Babylon, a couple of the messages are invest in what you know, right, and live below your means. Now, North Northcote uh, Parkinson was a, a an essayist um, in the early 1900s, and he had these Parkinson's laws, and one of them is um, income or expenses rise to equal income. And that's what you're talking about is that uh, a real estate uh, agent just doesn't get past that part, doesn't beat that law, and they don't have any money to go out and build a real estate portfolio. Right. Absolutely. I, yeah, I love those Parkinson's. I love the one that says, you know, work fills time allowed. That's right. Yeah. You know? 
or a luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity. I tell my wife that one all the time because <laughs> you know, once you've had air-conditioned seats in your car, you don't go back, you know, especially yeah, down in Florida. And I think what happens with agents is, you know, they, you know, they, first of all, they have to impress. So you, if you're driving around a piece of crap car and you go on a listing appointment and you're competing against two other agents, yeah, rightly or wrongly, you're going to be judged, right? They're going to be like, oh, well, you know, you know, he can't sell anything because he can't even afford a decent car. So it starts with that. And I get that one. And I agree with that one. I think you do need a nice car. It's just like you need nice clothes. Sure. Or you're going to get judged. Um, but it should stop there, right? It should stop there. And that's not to say you can't buy a used BMW or used Mercedes, you know, just take off the CarMax sticker. Right, right. Um, and, um, and, and, and then stop there. You know, they don't know where you live. They don't know what your furniture's like. You don't need all that stuff, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I, I have uh, some real estate investments, uh, both commercial and residential. And I, I really like when people say, because I, like I like my comeback, is when they say, well, you know, Jim, I don't want to fix toilets and paint walls and have to go collect checks. And I say, you know what? And all the real estate that I own, I never do that. In, in fact, I have properties in Colorado and in Florida, and I've never even met my property manager. Yeah. I've, I own houses now that I literally have not seen inside or outside in 15 years. Me too. I mean, I mean not, not the 15 years, but I have places I've never seen them. I mean, I've seen pictures of them. I know they yeah, cash yeah. flow. You know? yeah. What right. else do I need to know? Right. So that's, you know, and one of the things that we try to do at Crate Tailwind and with this podcast is show somebody how to build wealth outside or away from Wall Street. Because when you go and you're, and you're waiting for an advisor to make you money, we tell people it has to be a participatory sport. So yeah, you have to learn some things to be a real estate investor, but you don't have to have millions of dollars to build a real estate portfolio, right? Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I mean, that's the brilliant part about real estate is you, you know, you can get in for a very low percentage and borrow the rest, you know, at a very low interest rate today. Right. You know, we had a, a client on, uh, and we try to put clients on and tell us how they've built their wealth outside of wall street. And this, this guy, eight months ago, we had a conversation about why aren't you in real estate? And he owns some businesses and he does, he did own some real estate, some commercial buildings, his wife is a dentist and they own the building, et cetera. But in eight months, he bought 10 properties and he just bought a $2 million portfolio. By the way, he bought it for 1.4, 100% owner carry, 5% for 20 years, cash flowing like a fiend. Now, I don't know what you got to, that, that, that's, that's not difficult. It's simple, but it's not easy because people don't know what to do first. What would be your advice, Pat? How does somebody get started? You know, the, I, I can tell you like books, right? Have yep. you heard about the new book that uh, Napoleon Hill's daughter wrote? No, I have not. Well, you know, Napoleon Hill wrote, yep. You Can Grow Rich, right? Absolutely. Yep. The daughter wrote a book recently for people like you're trying to connect to right now. It's called Don't Think and Grow Rich. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's a joke, but uh, <laughs> you know, that, that that's what gets in the way. They think, right? That how that's right. Started, you just you don't think, you just do it. 
Right. You know, you just buy. You have to have that Nate. You have to be naive. You know, you just buy something. I mean, you know, people are like, oh, well, I can't, I can't, um, you know, buy in my area because the numbers don't work. I hear that all the time. Or I can't buy my area because everything's so expensive. Well, drive 90 minutes, you know? I mean, just drive. Go, go to where the houses don't cost as much and buy something small for 100 grand or something and rent it out for, you know, 1200 bucks a month. Just, you know what I mean? Just, just do it to learn it. Right? Yeah. I, I see people nowadays, and you probably have them on your show and seen them where they're, they're syndicating $10 million apartment deals, you know, and they're living in an apartment themselves. Right. Yeah. They have no experience, you know, no hands on. Right. Well, you know what we, again, what we say is this is a participatory sport. If you're going to build your wealth, right, you can't not participate. You have to learn, you have to educate yourself. And in your book, seven or six steps to seven figures, excuse me, you have some steps on how to do that, right? I mean, you give people, here are some of the things that you need to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you, 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 at, at some level, you need to sit in the corner and do what you're told. And if right. you do it, the surprising thing is, is it works. Right. Yeah. You know, when I was, uh, when I, you and I are about the same age, I'm 53. I think you're 53 as well. Yeah. Um, is when I, I moved to uh, Louisville, Colorado, right? Just outside of Boulder. And I remember that I was, we had just moved into town. I, I knew no one. Um, and I went to school in the Midwest and Missouri and um, my wife and I moved there and this guy's renting us this house and, you know, it's Boulder County. So the guy's got a ponytail, he's got, you know, and everything else. And, and he says, well, yeah, I own this house. And then I own this house. And, you know, um, and he had like 50 houses that he owned and 50 properties. And, and he said to me, you know, and he was a hippie. And what he said is, he said, you got to imagine that you're a, this is a stream, a river going in between where you are and where you want to be. And everybody's afraid to jump in. But Jim, if you jump in, you won't drown. You won't let yourself drown. Now that sounds like really simple advice. Yeah. But it's what you're saying. Jump in, get in the pool. Do it, right? Yeah. You won't, you, won't, you can't, I mean, you know, well, what if the house goes down in value? Well, what if, you know, that may happen, but, but uh, long-term, you just hold it, right? Right. You just right. Hold it. As long as the rent meets, you know, beats the mortgage payment, it's pretty simple math. You know, obviously you got to, you know, do some numbers and anticipate repairs and vacancy and all that stuff. But, but, uh, but it's not hard to do, right? The simple, there's so many you know, it's a cliche of the old Italian guy or the old Irish guy that owns, you know, 40 houses in a certain neighborhood and he's 80 years old and he's owned them his whole life. And he's, you know, he's had this cash flow, you know, for 30 years. Uh, and the reason that is, is, is because uh, it's simple. It's easy. You don't need a college degree. You don't need much education. You, you do need some experience and you you get the experience by getting your head kicked in and just buying the first one. Right. You know, it's funny that you say that because, um, this, you know, how many people I think about Florida and I have a house in Southwest Florida and there are so many 75, 80 year olds that have these portfolios that they'll, they're, 
for whatever reason, they've got enough money. They don't want to mess with it anymore. They'll own or carry because they're looking for distribution, cash flow, um, and, and, and they have to see an end to it. And, you know, I've bought businesses that way and I've bought real estate that way. And those are the, this is this, uh, this guy that I was telling you about that has only been in the real estate game for eight months. He bought that property you know, he, he just, he learned, I mean, it's only nine months in and he's buying portfolios and he he's like, wow, this is easier than I thought. <laughs> it probably is easier than he's thinking. It's going to get harder. I'm sure, you know, sure. Always- sure. So, you know, with the, um, you know, in your background, this is another thing that I think that is interesting is when, were you an overnight success when you started out in the real estate game? No, I mean, my first uh, year uh, in the business, full-time real estate agent, I sold 10 houses. I made 13,000 bucks. Wow. And, wow. Uh, yeah. And, and so, and then you just kept on getting better. Or how, how did you yeah, break away good. from that herd? I mean, you, you, you know, that's the name of the podcast, Break Away. But what, what I'm really always interested in is what was that trigger that got you to say, Hey, I'm not gonna. This I'm not gonna go down this path that is everybody else is doing, which we call the reassuring lie. How did you break away from that? Um, the reassuring lie. Well, first I did two things. I think my first breakaway came at um, about three years in the business. I realized as an agent that I wasn't going to be able to to have any sort of control unless I was a listing agent, where I was a guy that put the houses up for sale versus the guy that brought the buyers in um, because I could be that guy 50 times over, you know, and still have free time. Whereas if I was working with buyers, it was going to eat up all my time. So I got, uh, that was my first aha. <clears throat> and then um, in about 2000, um, I, or 2001, you know, I lost, I had about a million dollars I had $1.2 million in the stock market. Now, a lot of that, you know, I got I, I six. So I remember the numbers exactly. So I saved 650. So I, I had saved 650 grand and I had it with a stockbroker. And um, through margin, he cranked that, he doubled it, let's say, to 1.2. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the easiest money ever, right? Because I didn't have to work for that money. You know, he just did it. He built yep. it. And then, of course, the market crashed, and it went down to less than 300. So it went from 1.3 to like 240 or something, right? Right. So I lost a million dollars, right, in a period of 12 months, right? The market just crashed. And then, of course, when it crashed, I was heavily margined out, and so it hit me double, triple, whatever. So um, so I think at that point, and it was at that point that I said, dude, look, clear out my account. And of course, he's like, don't quit. Don't quit. You're at the bottom. And I was like, nope, cleared out. I'm going to go buy a couple of houses. And yep. uh, I already owned at that time, like two house, three houses, but I hadn't bought in about 10 years. And um, so then I just went out and bought a house literally like that next week and then rented it out. And then it was just much more stabler, something that I could look at and, and understand, you know, this is what it cost me. This is what the rent is. And, and it's a house. I can see it. I can feel it. You know, I can fix it if I need to myself. 
Right. You know, that's a, it's interesting that you had that experience with Wall Street because, you know, I spent the first 15 years of my career building um, assets under management and wealth management. And I had a full service financial planning firm. I had a bunch of guys running around. We had $700 million under management. And those corrections, and when we did the math of where somebody was and where they were trying to get to, it just didn't work. And that's when we started looking at alternative investments and building real estate and peer-to-peer -peer lending and, um, and, and buying notes and everything else. I mean, how about, how about any of those things, peer-to-peer -peer lending or notes? I mean, anything like that that you guys uh, advocate? Yeah, I mean, I, I've I, so okay. So the way I explain it to people is what I try to do is build lines of horizontal income, and horizontal income is you know otherwise named as passive income, right? It's it's instead of doing a job that vertically pays you two percent more every year or three percent more every year, <clears throat> or, or or if you're a salesperson. You know, when you sold 20 houses, you sell 22 houses. Instead of vertically going up, you go horizontal. You buy one house and you make 200 a month. You buy another house, you make 300 off of that. You loan money to somebody and you make $50 a month off that loan. You, so, so I have about 42 lines of horizontal income, 42 horizontal lines. About five of them are notes. <clears throat> um, five of them are apartment buildings, one shopping center, 12 houses, um, I have about 14 private companies. Not all of those pay sideways though, you know, dividends, let's say some of them are right. equity plays, um, and, 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 and on and on. So I, you know, whatever, if something pays sideways, I like it. If something pays horizontal, I like it. Yeah. And that's awesome. I like the, the way that you use that, uh, that terminology and that visual, of uh, horizontal income. You know, I tell people, one of the things that we do is we show somebody how to build their own money pool and then they control that money pool. Now it's inside of an insurance contract and what most people don't understand about an insurance contract is that when you borrow money, you're borrowing your money, you're borrowing against your cash value, you're actually using the insurance company's money. So your money stays in a tax shelter, grows. The insurance company has to give you that money anytime you want it. You don't have to apply. You just call them and tell them, send me some money. I'm going to go buy some real estate. And then as that real estate cash flows, you flow it back through your insurance contract. And guess what? You get to go use it again and again yeah. and again and again. And you start to create in economics what we call velocity of money which is what a bank does, right? They take your mortgage payment, my mortgage payment, they bundle it with a bunch of other people's mortgage payments and loan it out again and again and again and again. And so when we think of real estate, sometimes people say, well, you know, my credit's not the best or I don't really know how to go get a loan or, or something else like that. And this is a way to eliminate that. But when, when you're, you, you mentioned something earlier and I wanted you to touch on, is um, analyzing a real estate deal. You said you got to put some work in to learn what you're doing, right? So, you know, right. where would you tell somebody to start on that? Would they start like um, at, at uh, is it Rebus? Is that the right way to pronounce it? Yeah, Rebus University. We have uh, five courses there. Um, <clears throat> we, have a uh, uh, we have a curriculum called the Certified Real Estate Mogul where I, I basically found uh, 12 uh, moguls, right? 12 real estate moguls who 
you know, owned apartment complexes, shopping centers, uh, hundreds of houses, things like that. And I interviewed them and I broke it down into five different courses. Um, and, you know, one is single family homes. Mm-hmm. One is commercial. One is um, syndicating apartment buildings. One is a private equity fund where you could, where it's basically like syndicating, but you collect the money first and then you could just go out and buy whatever you want with other people's money. So it takes you step by step through all of these processes, no matter where you want to be in the path to being a real estate mogul. And, um, and we've packaged it all and, and uh, we've, we've got several hundred students and it's, uh, it's, it's a great way to learn because you could learn on your cell phone while you're waiting in line for the doctor or while you're, you know, at home at three in the morning when you can't sleep and um, it's good stuff. So they could go on there, um, sign up for some of these classes, and they could go from not knowing anything about how to be a real estate investor to actually be doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's th- so there's no excuses. You have a resource. Here's a resource. Go on to the website, check it out, see if that fits what you're trying to do. But, you know, I think the number one thing, and Tony Robbins talks about this, if you want something, find out somebody else that's done it do what they did and improve on it. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's laying it out there. There are no excuses. You just got to dive in and, and make it happen. Um, you know, Pat, uh, you, you know, I know you've written a great book and, um, I actually ordered the book a little while ago. So I'll, uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out and read it. And I, and I did watch a YouTube video of you going over an overview of the book, which was great, by the way, it was nine minutes. So if anybody's interested in the book, I would recommend that uh, YouTube video because um, you, you do a great job with that. But what are some of the other books that, have, that you've read in your life that have made a difference, like the biggest impact in your life? You know, okay, so <clears throat> by far my favorite book ever is uh, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've kept that for 30 years. I have it in my car. I read it at stoplights, you know, and just I just like having it handy. Um, of course, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, Cash Flow Quadrant was just instrumental in getting me to see the big picture of the difference between a, a business owner and an investor and, you know, and the different types of people. I'd say those two are the top. And, 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 and there's just, you know, there's just tons of, you know, I love books. I love podcasts. I love audio. Um, it's just so much to learn. I just started listening to a, a neat thing that reminds me of, of when I was in my 20s and I, how I used to get educated. There's a neat little app called Pep Talk. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Pep Talk. And, and it's like no. $30 a year. And every morning they have a daily motivation. And it's an hour-long um, <clears throat> mix of Tony Robbins and Kiyosaki and Oprah Winfrey and, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, anybody motivational. Yeah. Two minutes here, two minutes here, two minutes here. Just, I just love that stuff. You know what I mean? So they, they, um, they do that every morning. They call it the morning commute. Um, and then of course you could go on that app and, and find all kinds of old Tony Robbins stuff, just the archives, just the classic stuff. I love it. You know? Yeah, I do too. And you know, you mentioned the qua- cash flow quadrant in Robert Kiyosaki, one of my favorite Robert Kiyosaki's uh, quote or quotes is that most people are poor because they take their advice from salespeople mm-hmm. instead of rich people. 
And, and, you know, when we sometimes fight this, if we're stuck in, in the S quadrant and there's a lot of doctors and et cetera, that are our clients and they think they're in the B quadrant, but they're not. They're not. Yeah. And, and, and they're definitely not in the I quadrant, but all of the noise out there, the mainstream noise about how to build wealth is designed to keep you on the left side of that quadrant. And, and we want to be on the right side and there's, it, but on the right side, to way, the way that I look at it is the left side, you're watching somebody build your wealth. On the right side, you're building your wealth. And you mentioned the businesses and buying businesses, and I've done that myself. And it, it's funny, when I was, the first time I bought a business, and I bought a business that was, you know, three and a half million dollars or something, it was doing like $24 million of revenue. And, um, and I was kind of nervous about it you know, dealing with these Harvard educated CEOs, et cetera. And I learned that I could buy it on an earnout basis, meaning the increase in revenue. So yeah. we literally gave those guys $75,000 cash and the rest of it was on an earnout basis. Wow. And, and it's, it's, you know, the, the rate of return is just dumb and it's a, and it's a cool, fun little business. So, um, you know, I have fun doing that. You know, like I said, we're about the same age. I can't imagine that you could just sit on the beach and, you know, watch the sunset every day of the rest of your life without having these projects. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I do, you know, I work three days a week. I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I have four day weekends. And then, you know, at, there was a point where I was, you know, and my, my horizontal income pays my bills. Okay. So, you know, when I do Rebus or Gabundance or what have you, that's, that scratches an itch. But I'm I'm not a workaholic by any means anymore. You know what I mean. So um, so I think the horizontal income allows you to um, do what you want when you want. Um, but it's also I think important to have goals and to have you know things you're driving towards. Well, you know, you talked about um, mentorship on your YouTube overview, and it's one of the six uh, steps in. Um, to a seven figure, to seven figures. Seven figures, yep. Yeah, and um, and you know one of the things that you said also in there that I really liked because I, you know, I I feel like there's I've had a lot of members, um, uh, I'm sorry, mentors. I've had a lot of mentors that I've never met through their books or recordings or whatever. But you know, at, then you have to start to mentor and. I, I've mentored some people over the years and, and kind of what we do just on a daily basis is really coaching or mentoring. And, you know, talk about, you know, when you're mentoring, what do you, what do you look for? What's your process to find out if, because one thing that I, I don't want to do is I don't want to mentor anybody that isn't serious, that's not ready to do it. I don't want to hear a bunch of excuses and I'm not trying to help somebody like that can't help themselves. Right. Yeah. You know, what, what do you look for? What's a, some advice you give to your, the people you're mentoring? Um, number one is, is what you said is, um, <clears throat> you know, if, you know I, 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 trust me, I've had a lot of mentees and mentors. And, um, one, if, it, you know, if, if, if you're my mentee and I tell you to read a book and you don't read it or I tell you to do something and you don't do it, I'm going to stop giving you advice. Right. But if you come back to me and go, hey, you know, I read it. Here's what I learned. I underlined this stuff here, here, here. What's next? I'm going to tell you what's next for your whole life, you know, because that makes me feel good. You know what I mean? That, that you actually listened 
and you did what you were told and it works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, so you're right. So if, if they don't listen, then, then I'm not interested. You know, I'm not interested. Um, and then from the mentor side, I try to do the same thing. You know, I'm never going to ask somebody for advice if I'm not going to, you know, providing it's prudent advice, take it or, or take some of it or do some of it, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because back to, um, as a man thinketh, I know that, uh, somebody that I work with, I asked him a few months ago, have you ever read that book? And they said, no. I said today, I don't care if it's online, what you, you got to go get it and you can read it today. I don't care what you have going on in your day. You can read the whole book today, but you have to read it. And I want you to read it five times until you get it. I don't, it could take you once, could take you five times, but until you get that message, you know, don't ask me again. And, and I'm, I'm a, uh, that's one of my pet peeves. If I re recommend a book to you and then you ask for another book and, they, and you didn't read the book that I recommended, I'm done. No. Right. Yeah. You're not coachable. Yeah. And I talk about that in my book too. I talk about like how to be a good mentor and how to be a good, good mentee. And there's certainly ways to do it. Right. And you, and, and you just gotta be as a mentee, you just gotta be willing um, to be a good mentee, right. To listen yeah. to what someone has to tell you. If you want to, if you want to grow that way. And quite frankly, that's the fastest way. I don't know any, successful person that didn't have a mentor. Right. You know, it, it, what's funny is mentors come in all shapes and sizes. And you, and just like you said, you have to be open to receive. And one of my great mentors is Nelson Nash. He'll be 88 years old in March. And every time I talk to him, I learn something. Um, I had a recent conversation where he was talking about the uh, 1921 race riot in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> Uh, because these, these, they had like what they called, um, like black or African-American wall street. And these guys were seceding from the banking system and having their own banking system. Well, the white bankers didn't like that. And there was the biggest race riot of all time. I had no idea, but somebody I, brings I the, heard of that either. Yeah. And somebody brings something up like that. And then you start to, you start to see it. And that goes all the way back to abundance is by just talking to you today for 30 or 40 minutes, you've given me some ideas and some thoughts and some books that, that maybe I haven't read or some thoughts that I haven't had. Um, and so then I'm going to, it's going to create a, it's going to increase my creativity to go build my wealth and my abundance. And if I have something really cool, then I could call you back and say, Hey, Pat, you know, I was thinking about what you said and I kind of took it to this level so then I'm going to share with you and then you're going to get creative and your creative team is going to help. And it just explodes. And that's the thing that I, I really try to help people understand about abundance is it, it's that mastermind time that you talked about at your meetings in the evenings when you're just talking to people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I go to, I go to seminars and, and dude, I get more information and more ideas in the hallways than I do sitting on a seat watching the speakers. Absolutely. You know, always meeting people and talking to people saying, really, that's how you're doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, um, I, I go to a think tank, um, every February and it's, it's not the, it's not the, and I've spoken on the main stage a, a bunch of times, but it's not those mess. It's not those messages. It's in the hall. It's, um, having a beer afterwards or something else. And, and people say, Hey, you know what, this is what I'm doing. And you think, light bulb 
you know, yeah. I'm implementing that. So, uh, well, first of all, Pat, or, or lastly, I guess, Pat, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I think there's some great information with GoBundance and Real Estate Rockstars. Looking that up, listen to this. That's another way to educate yourself is through podcasts, books. You know, Pat's got a lot of lot of great resources, and and I appreciate and thank you for having all those resources out there for people to break away from the herd and take control of their wealth and their life. So, thank you very much, Pat, for being on. My pleasure, and 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 uh, Jim, you can find me. <clears throat> you can just Google me and find me anywhere on social media. Uh, the podcast is called Real Estate Rockstars. The book is Six Steps to Seven Figures. Anybody listening here, I'm going to give you uh, a website uh, where you can get the book for free. It's called uh, freesixstepsbook.com, F-R-E-E-S-I-X. You got to spell it out, S-I-X. Freesixstepsbook.com, you get the book for free. You just got to pay shipping and handling, and uh, we'll ship that off to you. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time to put me on the show. And 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 also, if you're more interested in GoBundance, go to GoBundance.com. Uh, fill out the form to apply. Put me down as the person you heard it or put Jim down uh, from Jim's show and uh, I'll make sure you get taken care of. That's awesome, Pat. Thank you for those kind offers. You know, it's funny because we normally like to give away something uh, um, every time we record or, or when we record. And uh, those two resources, I think, are going to be awesome for people to uh, to take advantage of. So, uh, thank you again for your time. Until next time, break away from the herd and uh, start building your wealth. It's a participatory sport. You can do it. Just start. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.